Lions haven't put a dent into the Laotian goal just yet. The goalkeeper spilled it. Mohamed Redwan with the opportunity. It's 1-0. Suti. Perez. Oh, that's inside. Scheifel. Ridwan. 2-1. Brilliant by Perez. Well finished by Ridwan. Muhammad Ridwan kali ini lebar ke kanan Roman Kamelo kerjasama Nolam Syadar Muhammad Ridwan gol sebuah kerjasama satu dua antara tiga pemain berhasil diselesaikan dengan baik oleh Muhammad Ridwan dan merubah kedudukan menjadi dua nol bagi Arena Indonesia. That's right, Singapore's own Speedy Gonzalez is here as Ridwan Muhammad joins us on this episode. We've had plenty of requests for him to be on the show since our episode with his partner in crime, Noah Alam Shah. Ridwan Mohamad is here to speak to us about his career with the national team, the stacks, and his celebrity status in Indonesia. Now, before we get started with today's guest, I think we have to address the story of the week so far in football, Marcus Rashford. We are used to seeing his attacking class on the pitch, but over the course of the lockdown, he's really come to the fore in terms of his humanitarian efforts. So in summary, for those of you who are not aware, close to 1.3 million kids rely on free school meals in the United Kingdom. And over the course of the pandemic, um, Marcus Rashford actually helped out with a charity, Fair Share, to distribute 3 million meals a week, raising 25 million pounds worth of aid in the process. But of course, he did come out to say he needs a bigger backing. And the free school meal scheme was set to finish at the end of current school year in July, but Rashford pleaded with the UK government to put the rivalries aside and make a U-turn as many families continue to struggle with the economic impact of the coronavirus. And following two days of public pressure led by Rashford, the UK government has announced that a COVID summer food fund will help children from low-income families during the six-week summer break. And this is, of course, a magnificent effort from such a young man. Uh, well done to Rashford. It's a real win for footballers as well because they aren't always spoken of in flattering terms in the media. Kabir, I have to ask you, of course, this is a, a story of uh, inspiration. How do you yeah. feel about that? I think it's best to put football aside and put politics aside when mm -hmm. it comes to this because at, in the UK in the UK you know that there are students who are struggling families who are struggling yep. and Rashford has done so well in I think he did uh, create uh, built a few homes for, for yes. the homeless yes, sir. Yeah, so he's been doing a lot and things that um, even senior politicians are not doing mm -hmm. so we have to ask ourselves uh, who is actually doing the, the work yep but really a, a very inspiring story. And uh, let's move on from one speedy attacker to uh, one of our own. Uh, Ridwan, welcome to the final whistle. Uh, we're officially in phase two. Uh, how have you been? What have you been up to at home? Yeah, hi, Nipan. Yeah, it's been great. Been Despite all the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, mm -hmm. current, current pandemic, but uh, been busy mostly with work okay. as I'm in uh, essential services. Mm -hmm. So... Nothing much. Still, life goes on as usual. Alright, let's get started with football talk. Uh, let's get down right to your childhood days. I mean, how do you get started with football? When do you realize that football is something that you wanted to pursue? Uh, football actually, for me, I started since young at age of six, seven. During okay. that time, most of the uh, Malaysian Cup games when the era of Fandi Ahmad, mm -hmm. Sundra Muti. Mm -hmm. So during that era, I my dad never failed to bring me to stadium okay. to watch every game, home game in Singapore. So that that makes me uh, inspired me to be one of the to represent 
Singapore in the national team for the national team. So uh, I would assume the Malaysia Cup days was what get, got you inspired. But were there any particular players, uh, particular wingers who inspired to to pick up that position in particular? Uh, wingers during that time I was uh, inspired by Kanchaskis during that time Manchester United. Okay. Cantona was there, mm-hmm. but Kanchaskis as a winger, I I he he's one of the best and I think underrated lah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Not, that, not many that, people that, speak yeah, about him. Many, yeah. yeah, correct. Okay, the assumption would be that with your pace in football, did you ever do athletics uh, when you were in, in primary school, in secondary school days? Uh, was that something that you were doing? Frankly, I was forced to okay. <laughs> during my <laughs> secondary school days. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I went into sports day. I ran and uh, <laughs> athletic coach saw me and saw my talent. Mm-hmm. I have that speed. So, they forced me into joining athletics and run for the school. Okay. Which I already actually have already playing uh, football for my CCA. So I got two CCA now. Okay, which school were you in? <laughs> I was in Hongka. Oh, Hongka, okay. Yeah. Uh, a traditional football school, even. Yeah, but yeah. during that time, Hongka wasn't really uh, known for football. It okay. was just started to rise. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was forced to, and I joined athletics as my uh, second CCA. So, so, this space, was it something that you always had? Like, which means uh, when you started football, were you already trying to become a winger or was there some other positions that you played and then you realized, hey, actually I'm quite fast, I should play wing. During my younger days, I played as forward, I played as midfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's the two positions that my coaches have been putting me on. So, but as I grew up, uh, gets older and pro- on in professional, they see that my potential are in the winger side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, of course, a fundamental thing that footballers will need is the support of the family. So you, you just said that your dad was a very big football fan. Uh, how much of a push was he in terms of you pursuing football as a career? Uh, he don't really force me to be a footballer, mm-hmm. but he's always there to uh, support me and give me uh, good positive feedbacks mm-hmm. on about my football in school during schooling days, our mm-hmm. tournament. He, he never missed to watch me play. Mm-hmm. For every school tournament, he will travel even if he's in the East okay. or National Zone. That's nice. Even travel to KL <laughs> with my late mom, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, they never miss to be there for me whenever they can. Uh. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I I have to note that when I was at Geelang as a, a part of the media team, I realized that your dad was almost at every game uh, at Bedok Stadium. Uh, even and that was probably at the later part of your career already. Uh, of course, this would have been motivating for you as well. So you know, in terms of your family, especially because this weekend is Father's Day, any message for your dad in terms of how much he has supported you throughout the career? Uh yeah of course I would like to thank him for all these years mm-hmm. despite my flaws and as a kid and till today but he's still there uh to support and always uh motivates me in any uh aspect in life whether mm-hmm. it's career or in life so uh thank him a lot for all the positive uh support that he have given me very nice today. words uh Let's move on to NFA. I think Ridwan, you're part of the pioneer batch in NFA, if I'm not wrong. Uh, how do you get picked for NFA? And was it in terms of your career a big break for you? Because there was a national body and, and you realized that actually uh, the national selectors have selected you as one of the pioneer batch of NFA. How did that come about? NFA, actually, before that, most of us were from Milo Soccer School. Okay. That's where we uh, were built as likes of that time was Shari Shark. Mm-hmm. Hafiz Osman, Hasasani. So we grew up together, but uh, NFA started when uh, Milo Soccer School was closed. Mm-hmm. So that's where some of the players also were uh, disbanded. And most of them, some of them still playing in Samawang Rangers like Juma Jantan, Shevki. Mm-hmm. They were also in my batch during that, that period. Uh, we were chosen partly because of uh, our time in Milo Soccer School and our school tournaments mm-hmm. that we represented. And the coaches there were also, some of them are from Milo Soccer School. So that's where they, they really recognized since our younger days. So at that point when you were selected for the first batch of NFA, did you realize that you are halfway there in terms of making the grade as a professional footballer? Actually, I never thought of that during that moment because mm-hmm. for me, there's, during that time, there's a long way to go mm-hmm. and I'm still uh, trying hard to be... Because to be selected is easy. Okay. Uh, it, it's easy not that for easy. you? Yeah, no, 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 not that easy. <laughs> but to be 
consistent and to be in that team for years after years mm-hmm. going to the next level next age group is not that easy lah, mm-hmm. as you think you mentioned a few players there uh, along with Bai Bahaki Kaizan mm-hmm. Hazan Sani Shari Rishak uh, there was a name for you guys they called you the NFA gang of four how did that name come about and are you guys as close off the pitch at that time and until now yeah we okay for during that time why they call us gang of four because during that time was also the show called Fantastic Four so okay. that's where from that Fantastic Four show they call it the Gang of Four because mm. it still consists of four four, four human bodies. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we we were close in the pitch and off the pitch during that time because it's still schooling and mm. not not much commitment. We have, but now by now most of them are married and they have uh their own uh commitments with families. So okay. yeah, but time to time we still meet up. Mm-hmm. And we still uh, do catch up, okay. even through social media or even uh, we came across outside once in a while. Just have tea, uh, coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So would you say at that time uh, were there one or two players uh, or maybe just one player in particular that you knew is definitely going to go on to be uh, a football star in Singapore? Was there anyone? Actually, bro. During, <laughs> <laughs> actually, during that time, was, <laughs> I can say that there's a lot of potential in that squad. Okay. Because we are also one of the 2010 batch to be in the World Cup. Actually, they say World Cup 2010. Uh, okay, oh. okay. So, actually, I can see quite quite a number of players mm-hmm. which I can mention definitely. That, that time, I can see Shari Ishak. I can see Bayhaki mm. with that height. Mm. <laughs> Hassan Sani, I didn't see him as a goalkeeper. <laughs> okay, he was playing outfield, is it? Yeah, he was playing outfield and he was, wasn't this huge like now. Okay. Even I can still remember his hand, his fingers is small. <laughs> what what position was he playing? During that, during primary, uh, sec- primary school, secondary, he was still a striker. Oh, and sometimes okay. he played defender, centre-back. Uh. So, I didn't see him going <laughs> as a goalkeeper. Yeah. And someone a fantastic goalkeeper as well. Yeah, really. Right. So, Hassan, I didn't see much. Mm-hmm. But, but now you can see he's one of the top goalkeepers. Uh. Exactly. Um, of course, one thing that we've talked about is the NFA system. At that time, of course, uh, it was working. It produced many players for the national team. But right now, you would say there's a lot of criticism for the Young Lions and the, and the whole NFA system uh, in a sense. Uh, would you agree with those criticisms? Do you think at this stage in football, when uh, in 2020, the whole system doesn't work anymore? Whereas, it, it would be better to release these players into the clubs and let the clubs groom these players for themselves. For me, firstly, we can't blame the system, first mm-hmm. of all. Because if you want to compare during my batch and now, mm-hmm. during my batch, there's not much limitation about playing wherever football. You can see people play under void decks. You can see mm. people play still have three soccer court. They don't have to pay for, for futsal. futsal. Uh, you know, at, during our age, we want to get a $10 just to play each one of us combined. But during my time, it's all free. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of we want or we, we want to play outside or we just want to stay home. But for now, it's because of the limitation in this sports industry. Mm-hmm. You can't play wherever you like. When you want to play, you need to pay. You need to mm. uh, fork out money. Mm-hmm. So, and, and now during this period with the modern technologies of handphones and games, online, social media, yep. they are more focused on that. Then comes the system. So, it's hard to compare before and now about system, mm-hmm. whether it's working or not. At the end of the day, you have to see how the kids are grow from their younger days. Mm-hmm. Because most of the kids now, you can see everywhere is always on the phone. phone yeah. They don't even care about going out. Because when they go out, when they play football, wherever they like, people will complain. Mm-hmm. The public mm-hmm. will complain. Mm-hmm. So I think the limitation aspect is plays a big role. Uh, during so, where we're growing up. Would you say that if uh, back then when you were a young boy, if there were things like social media, phone and, and whatnot, do you think you would have had the same drive as, as before? Or do you think your drive was so much that uh, this were not, would, wouldn't have been seen as distractions for you? For me, my drive will be so much that this thing, I wouldn't care. I wouldn't care. Okay. So <laughs> in a sense then, would you say that we don't, we don't have the same hunger for football as uh, you had back then as when you were younger? Hunger, maybe yes, you can say that for some players maybe. Mm-hmm. Because they, they are maybe kind of complacent mm-hmm. 
for or contented for where they are right now. But uh, mostly, I think to compare, yes, it's, it's important to have that hunger in each of individual players. Uh. Mm-hmm. That also plays an important part. Okay. I think it's interesting that you mentioned this um, uh, street soccer courts, futsal courts. Um, the the, freak, the courts that I frequent, the ones at Tampines outside the old Tampines Stadium, they're all not there anymore. Uh, the one at Street 90 Plus that people used to play, I think a few a few pro, uh, ex-pro players used to play there. Mm-hmm. It's also not there anymore. And then um, it's very difficult for to see kids actually go down and play I don't think you can you can just blame the phone, yeah. but I think the interest is just not there. Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, like he said, uh, I think hunger is individual, mm-hmm. but the interest to actually let these kids play, you can't even instill this interest in football anymore. Yeah, true. Mm. So would the solution then be to open up these courts and, and or rather have more courts? Because again, like you said, I think I agree with Kabir, you don't see as many courts around anymore. Uh, how important was playing in courts for you to build up that toughness or even to try the skills that you wouldn't dare try in maybe in trading or whatnot? For me, uh, it, it's really important because during that time when we have this, all these courts and mm-hmm. there's no limitations, we can just go down and see anyone playing and we can just join. Mm-hmm. Because during development period, you just need to keep on play and play and play. Mm-hmm. Then you can improve. Okay. Because you can't wait for our training session or you need to pay to play football, then mm. you will learn something. But yeah. you need to keep on playing during your free time at any any point of time. Okay. I think it was David Beckham who said that he he improved when he just, it was just him, the ball and the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just kicked the ball against the wall, the ball come back, he improved on his first touch, he a lot of things. Yeah, definitely. I think a, a problem that exists in Singapore is that kids don't play enough football. Yeah. And this could be a variety of reasons, like I mm. said, the facilities, perhaps parents who, who think mm. that study should be the focus and whatnot. Uh, before we end part one, I just want we don't want for you to share with us maybe a, a story from the gang of four or, or, or the players that you that you played with uh, at the NFA system. Could you share with us a story, a funny story about uh, one of them? Funny story, I think during that 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 gang of four times, I think uh, we uh, we one thing that we love to do is sleepovers. <laughs> okay. And that house is going to be Hassan Sunny's house. <laughs> okay. What, what will you guys be doing? Of course, one thing, his mom is a, has family doing cooks. Ah, okay. Yeah. So we know there's always food at home. <laughs> and another thing that uh, he's always has this, you know, during that time, we don't have that iPod or, or MP3. Uh-huh. During that time, it was just CD. Yes. So Hassan has all that that uh, sauce. Okay resources mm-hmm. to burn CDs. Uh, <laughs> so that's why we love to go to his kaza, place. Kaza. <laughs> yeah, Casa. Casa download. Mm-hmm. So that time was fun because we always go to his house just to burn CD. Because okay. whenever we want to go training, we need to take train from, like for me, I'm staying in Jurong in West and we go to Kalang. Okay. Probably mm-hmm. training at Gilang Field. Mm-hmm. So that CDs really plays a big part for me. <laughs> <laughs> we don't showing off how old he is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's it for part one. When we come back, we talk to Ridwan about his time with the Lions and his career up to now. Welcome back to the final whistle. Ridwan, you made your debut for the national team and correct me if I'm wrong, in 2003. Yeah. So, uh, and I, I think at the time, uh, you were not really playing many games at the club level and yet you got a call up. Were you firstly surprised and what did Radi tell you when he called you up? Uh, yeah, during that time when I was called up, because that time I was playing for Young Lions yep. and head coach was Sivaji. Mm-hmm. During that time is either I'm a first eleven or I will be sitting on top watching the game. <laughs> <laughs> so when I got that call up for national team, I was definitely... Surprise. Uh. Okay. It's a big surprise for me, mm-hmm. but uh, at the same time, I'm very happy uh, to be called up. I'm proud. Do you remember how you got the call up? <laughs> mm, it was an announcement before uh, going off to SEA Games. Okay. Because that period we are preparing for SEA Games Young Lions. So that call up was made before SEA Games squad travel. Mm-hmm. So it was my head coach, uh, Pian Sivaji, was the one who announced players who were called up and the last name was mine. 
<laughs> okay, but when you eventually made the national team debut, when you came on for your first cap, uh, how proud were you? And was that something where you were always looking forward to from the moment you started playing football? Yeah, I think not only me, I think all footballers who gone through wanting to represent the country and donning the national flag mm-hmm. have the same feeling, definitely. Mm-hmm. Only that... Uh, during that time, my first game was against Qatar. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> was it uh, here or? It was away. It was a away game. Okay. My debut game was away and it's against Qatar. <laughs> okay, okay. But it's, it's, a, it's a good game even though we lost. But uh, the experience was awesome. Mm-hmm. Who were the senior players at the time when you first went to the national team squad? And were, were you feeling very like overawed? Did you feel like, eh, uh, this XX player is here? Like, do you feel that way? Who were the players that made you feel inspired? Uh, during that time, national players, when I was called up, Rafi was still playing. Okay. Uh, Nazri Nasi was still playing. Okay. Zulkarnain. Most of them were also playing with me when I went off to Tampines also. Mm-hmm. They still playing. Even, I think, uh, Rudy Kairon was also playing <laughs> okay. during that time. <laughs> Did you feel overwhelmed by any of them? Do you feel like these guys are legends? Like to do more yeah. to step up? I, I, I feel that because I always watch them in National Stadium, I was on the stand and watching them yep. play their so-called the dream team. Mm-hmm. So I finally got my dream to even get to play with them on the yep. same pitch. Mm-hmm. I wanted to play, of course, with Fandi to be in the same team, but Fandi during that time was already my coach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell us more about Radhi. I mean, firstly, uh, what did he tell you when he called you up for the national team? And uh, maybe tell us more about him as a person. Uh... Radhi, I think one of the best coach that I've uh, ever uh, been coach in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh. Not only as a coach, but also as a a person. Okay. I think on the pitch, he's, he's a very reasonable coach. Mm-hmm. He understands and he knows what he's doing. And off the pitch, he's like a father to us, father figure. Yeah, he can, you can just uh, share with any problems you have he will always try to understand and listen and understand what, what's going on and he will try to source out for solution. When he called you up, did he tell you what he expected from you in terms of uh, what you would do on the pitch? Radhi is a very simple person. His words are simple but yet make an uh, impact. Okay. So like for me, he's simple. He will ask, you know why you are here, you are being called up. You just keep playing on or keep playing like how you played in your club in Tampines Rovers in Young Lions mm-hmm. just that I don't ask you to to fly to be a superman mm-hmm. so you just do whatever you have been doing in clubs and we will uh, work from there so there's nothing you need to do more or to prove anything else because I've already seen that's why you are being here at the time when you were called up to the national team were the, the gang of four already there or do you guys get called up around the same time uh, Sharil was one one of the earliest one Sharil that followed by by Haki mm-hmm. then I came into the picture with Hassan mm-hmm. inside did it help you to have them alongside you especially for away games I'm sure oh yeah yeah yeah. of course during that time when most of the players were seniors mm-hmm. at least I have my batch of players mm-hmm. but still other senior players are we are ready uh, bonded okay because we played from clubs mm-hmm. so we know each other yeah okay your first uh, exposure in terms of uh, big level uh, national team games came in the 2004 Suzuki Cup. Uh, how did you feel like being part of the squad? Uh, I know, or rather I remember that you didn't feature much throughout the tournament, but it will still have been a very good learning experience. How do you feel about that? During that year, yeah, I remember we were still wearing Tiger. Okay. Yeah, I think, yeah, Tiger. Mm-hmm. That, that year was an awesome year for me because we, after years that Singapore have never won that yes. championship. Mm-hmm. And I still remember the game was, uh, which will never be forgotten is Myanmar in National <laughs> Stadium. <laughs> I think most Singaporeans <laughs> who came to that stadium will can never compare with the current stadium now. Yeah. <laughs> the atmosphere, the comeback, the drama was really unbelievable. It was really awesome. So that, that would have been a very good learning experience 2004 because uh, the next time that you were in the Suzuka was in 2007. And this time, you play a very big role in, in, in Singapore achieving the win uh, at, the, at that year's Suzuki Cup. What are your best memories from your time in 2007? Best memory, of course, uh, I can't say 
other than scoring the equalizing goal against Malaysia mm. because we were down 1-0 yes. and it was at I think 85 86 minutes mm-hmm. yeah where the stadium was <laughs> really silent after Malaysia scored the first goal mm-hmm. so I think that that holds a, a big memory yeah, that I will never forget By the that, time you you yeah. you went on to 2007, who were your your best mates in the national team apart from the gang of four? Everyone, everyone is like a family, okay. like brothers to me. Mm-hmm. So on and off the pitch, everyone is really bonded very strongly. So that there's no one like I'm not too close or close. Was that perhaps the reason why you guys were so strong as a team and able to come back very frequently in in games? Yeah, that that's true because Radi has really. Since he's like a father figure for us, so mm. we are all like a family, family bonded. So during in the pitch, during the game, no matter how tired we are, we will fight for each other. Okay, so 2007 was also the year that you moved to Tampines Rovers. Uh, is 2007, that correct? 2007, yeah, I 2007. was in Tampines. Um, and of course, you you had a very good time there. Uh, again, what are your best memories from your time at Tampines Rovers? And uh, did that move actually also develop you as a player? Uh, that move definitely made me a better player because that during that time I was playing still playing with experienced players and Tampines have their own uh, style of play. Okay. They are really keeping possession. I assume of, the coach was yeah. Vora one at the time. Yeah. Okay. And Nazri was still the captain mm-hmm. with uh, Na- uh, Rafi still playing. Okay. With Suti on the left. Suti, okay, wow. Thailand national. Mm-hmm. Only that year was a bit disappointed was... I expect that we could at least got a trophy, but yeah. <laughs> we were runners up, and I think third in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Despite a trophy, I think Kabir, you are a Tampines fan. Oh, uh, yes. What are your man- memories of Ridwan, uh, especially that team? Because I think mm. even though they did not win quite, uh, we did not win yeah. trophies, but yeah. I think they really marvelled a lot of fans. What are your yeah. best memories? Was Ridwan on the right, Suti on the left? That's all I need to say. Uh. It was the, <laughs> the midfield was Nazri and Rafi, so they just push the ball to the left or right, these two will run. They will run and then I think Alam Shah was there, right? Mirko and Alam Shah in, mm-hmm. in, the, in the box. Mm-hmm. Come on. Ah. It's so, it, it's a team of legends. Yes. And during that time also, you don't forget about Perez was there. Was ah, Perez. yeah. Perez ah. For one year, right? Before he left to mm-hmm. Home United and then fuck, fuck the over. <laughs> 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 Some game, animosity uh, <laughs> there from Kabir, <laughs> but it was it was it was nice to watch lah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially the cup final, the cup final against Warriors. I thought we could have clinched the title mm-hmm. for the cup, <laughs> but at the end of the day, they still managed to <laughs> to keep from us. But again, how influential were these guys that you just mentioned? Uh, you mentioned Merco, you mentioned Suti, uh, Perez, even. Uh, were these players uh, influential in you being able to grow as a player? And did you learn so much from them? Yeah, every one of them. Mm-hmm. Even Suti doesn't speak much English, but mm. he was still because he's he's also a winger. So I still still learn from him. Even he's from the left, and I'm on the right. Mm. But I still learn uh, a bit here and there from him. Are you still in contact with that that squad? Your teammates from that squad? Uh, yeah. Sometimes we have our call up for our ex Tampines, ex Tex ah, Rovers yeah. to play. So they'll come matches. to Singapore. They'll. Uh, for foreigners, for uh, for Suti, for uh, Suti, I think Santi was for foreigners. Not really. Uh, last was last call up was uh, Syed Samurotovic uh. came. Yeah. Mm. Oh, he came back. Yeah, he came back. Oh. Yeah, That's to nice. play. Um, that's it. Are you still in contact with Reddy? Is Reddy? Uh, whenever how, how we want to contact, we will uh, of of course approach Eugene. Eugene will update us. Oh, okay. okay. The last time we sent him off at the airport. You were there at the airport. Yeah. Send him off. Okay. Yeah. Any updates on his health? I heard he's improving. Yeah. Okay, that's nice yeah. to hear. Good to know. Okay. In 2009, uh, Ridwan, Mo- Ridwan and Noah Lamsha joined Indonesian club Arima Malang. And you spent three and a half years there. Uh, and you helped Arima to win the 2009-2010 Indonesian Super League title. You, It's an understatement, but you are wildly popular in Indonesia at that time. Uh, even until now from your social media, I can see that the Indonesian fans are still crazy <laughs> about you. Uh, first and foremost, how did the Monica R6 come about? I think it's a play of uh, Cristiano Ronaldo's R7 mm. at that time. Uh, but how did that nickname come about? And is that something that has stuck with you till now? Can can, can I just say something? Just like Alam Shah, I did a search on Twitter. <laughs> all these different tweet, uh, all these different Twitter accounts 
with your name and your face, but it's not you. <laughs> Until today, I don't have any official Twitter account. <laughs> you heard it here, there's no <laughs> official Twitter account for Ridwan, but you can find plenty. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, how did that nickname come about first and foremost? Yeah, like, uh, some of the fans, they call me Ronaldo Indonesia. <laughs> CR7 Indonesia. <laughs> okay. So that's where... And with my R initial, mm-hmm. Ridwan, and my number six. So that's why they call it R6. Of course, was that firstly pressurizing on you because they're comparing you to such a player? Uh, during that time, I don't think much about pressurizing because during that time, when they gave that, uh, I've already proved to, to, to what they, they call it, to uh, Basically prove, show, yourself, uh, prove uh, myself. Okay. Mm. Because when the first time I came, they only know Alam Shah, the credits okay. and all. So Alam Shah told me that, well, you are here. People in Singapore or Aslik may know you. Mm-hmm. But in Indonesia, they don't know you much. So what you need to do for first year, just do what you have to do, like what you have always played mm-hmm. and make sure they reckon you uh, sooner, soon, soon. Okay. Yeah. When you, how did that move come about? And also, did you already know that the fans in Indonesia were as crazy as they were? Or is that something that you realized only when you went there? Uh, okay, actually during the AFF Suzuki Cup, okay. uh, one of a reporter who's a contacted Alam Shah and mm. gave this uh, CD of the conductors. Mm. That conductors is about Arema, the lead, lead conductors for the fans. Ah, the okay. one that do the, oh, okay. oh, yeah. all the mm. variations and all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we saw that CD during our in camp, mm-hmm. in camp training with the national team. So from there, I know already how fanatic is uh, Indon fan, and yeah. that was Aremania. So after that, then came uh, when we won the second title. So most Singapore players were in demand mm-hmm. in Indonesia and like Along in Thailand, mm-hmm. in Myanmar, but he still wants to go to Indonesia after watching that CD, of course. <laughs> of course, yeah. And I, I, I got an agent also that attached, I attached with an agent who actually wanted to bring me to, uh, link me up with Persib Bandung. Mm-hmm. But, uh, because of Bayhaki and Mustafiq didn't deal with club, with Alam Shah, same club with Alam Shah. Mm-hmm. So, they just called Alam Shah to find anyone that you are used to play and believe that he can do something here. Okay. And if we agree with whatever contract, then just sign him. So that, that that's that's the deal with Alam Shah. Mm-hmm. How much was the help was Alam Shah during a time there? I mean, uh, do you think that it was because he was there that you were able to adapt so quickly to Indonesian playing? Yeah, players? part of the reason about adapting is because Alam Shah is there because uh, most of the uh, deal from the start it was he he was the one who's mm-hmm. dealing for me. Okay. Oh, Not nice. even my agent. Oh, he was your agent. <laughs> <laughs> he was your agent. So it's like I got a call. He was already in, in Malang. Mm. So uh I got a call from him. Hey you he asked me, Hey one, have your agent got you a club? Still waiting uh, to go to maybe Bandung. Mm-hmm. You want to come play for uh, the same team as me? So I say, anything ah. Uh? <laughs> <laughs> anything as long as I get an opportunity to play overseas uh-huh. so okay so he said okay, well, what, what are your agreement so I told him my agreement is this, this. That I think about took about 15-20 minutes I got a call back from him okay deal pack your bag <laughs> pack your bag we fly tomorrow <laughs> to sign the deal that's nice, that's nice but how long did it take before you became a household name so I think after some time you, you found it hard to go out right? I think fans were starting to mob you outside and all. How long before that took place? I think, was it a few months uh, before they started to realize that this guy is really so good at, and, and you became a celebrity there? Uh, I don't really got like, uh, be mob or mm-hmm. whatsoever during that time. Only that they are, it's, it, I adapt very fast there. Okay. Even though, uh, even from the start of the friendly matches played, mm-hmm. they, they, they are happy. They, they, they are happy and they want to see more of me, especially scoring. Okay. So the league started, I assist uh, in the first round, first half of the league, I assist, assisted about 25 goals. Wow, I've okay. never scored. <laughs> so they still want me to score. They want to see me see me score my first goal. Mm-hmm. And we went for national 
tour, okay. national team uh, commitments. Once I'm back, we played our first second round game. So that's where I scored the goal. My first goal was in Malang, uh, but uh, it was an away away team mm-hmm. playing against away team. It's a derby game, uh, actually. Okay. That's my first goal. And they were crazy happy for me. <laughs> Describe the feeling of, of playing in front of those fans. Uh, how, did, how does it feel like? Mm, the feeling is like, uh, it's a dream. I think it's a dream for every footballer to have a great crowd. Mm-hmm. Even if you be mocked or whatsoever, but having to see that full stadium and how they chant from the start till the end of the whistle mm-hmm. and all the crazy fireworks. Mm. And yeah, to see all that atmosphere, I think it, I can't ask for more. How important is that to uh, for a player to choose the, the the next club? Do you go, do, do you, for you, was it financial? Was it financial or was it for the fans or quality of the league? During, how, during, how did you choose your next club? Actually, after uh, playing first year with Arema, we were champs. Mm-hmm. And because of how the fans uh, treated and believed in us, mm-hmm. we actually signed a MOU with a rival club. <laughs> Okay. Oh. We actually did sign. We wanted to leave. Okay. Why, why is that? Of course, it's, first thing is uh, uh, we want to find something different, mm. a different club. Mm-hmm. Since we have been playing in Singapore for years, different club. And of course, that club was offering a bigger contract. Mm-hmm. That's also part of the reason. But once we we went, we fly or we flew off and I decided, my smart ass decided to came back, come back to Malang. I told Alonsha, I... I I guess I come back to Malang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> we already signed. Sign no, I, I just don't feel right. Uh. They mm. can offer us more, but the fans there have been uh. awesome. Uh. Mm. Then mm. Alonsha also came back with me. <laughs> <laughs> so fans actually played also uh, played a role uh, of we staying mm-hmm. for the second year in Arima. Mm. Okay. In terms of fans again, I think because you're so well-liked, well-loved, uh, can you share with us some crazy fan stories probably from your time there? Do you get any funny requests, etc.? Okay, when it comes to funny, there's one uh, schoolgirl collapse when she saw me. <laughs> was the Michael outside? Jackson levels. <laughs> was, that, was it outside? Uh, is it not? Okay, we, we were just, we came, we came back for training. So okay. usually, uh, in Indonesia, they have a place called Mass. Mass is where all the cooking, mm. because most of the players are from different cities of Indonesia. Mm-hmm. So from outside Malang, they from Jakarta or maybe from, from Kalimantan, they play for Arema, they will stay there. Mm-hmm. So they have cooked there. So at the cook, Every every fans will know where's Arima Mess because mm. it's one of the central area. Mm-hmm. So they will drop by and always wait for players to go out to go go malls or what. Mm. So this girl came in and asked asked the cook, uh, "Can I? I'm waiting for." Uh, they call in Indonesia. They call me Amridwana. Okay. So the cook called me. Uh, got uh, fans outside. The ladies they call Arimanita. For the men, they call Arimania. <laughs> so there's Arimanita outside waiting. Maybe one autograph or take picture. That's why I came out and she was like... <laughs> After that, she, she like cry and she collapsed. <laughs> so, so I assume a lot of girls and, and female friends would have been crazy about you. So do you receive letters and so on? <laughs> letters, there's a lot. Okay. Even for them... Uh, because I drive home, mm-hmm. they, I, I always drive or ride home. So they will follow me from the back to just, just to know where I stay. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh. They will stay from far. So next time they will know whatever they want to send. They know my, where's my house. <laughs> so all these, even until now, um, like I mentioned earlier, I think even on social media, they, they still comment uh, things on your Instagram. I, I know a lot of Arima fans are still following you, etc. Uh, how much of love uh, do you feel even uh, is it would you say that this was your proudest move uh, in terms of going to Arima and it's something that you always remember yeah it is one of the proudest move and definitely I will always remember this mm-hmm. 
of course this is the only club that I played and won a title mm-hmm. beside national team. Yep, yep. Yeah. And of course the treatment that they gave during those years and not only Arema, I when I even went to Kalimantan for six months, six months on loan, mm-hmm. the fans there were also same, same fanatic mm-hmm. and also uh, I came and they really welcomed me uh, very, very well. Uh, well welcome there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, of course, your adventure in Indonesia came to an end uh, and you came back because I think at that time, um, there was, I think we were discussing earlier about how uh, there were two leagues in Indonesia and also did that unsettle you and was that the main reason why you decided to come back to Singapore? Uh, that is the first reason mm-hmm. that I came back to Singapore. The second reason is uh, I actually wanted to be called up for back for national team. Okay. So yeah, when you so were in Indonesia, you did not get called up? After after the the last Suzuki Cup that we did not qualify through the group stage, mm-hmm. we did not go through the group stage mm-hmm. in Hanoi. Okay. Yeah, that's where the most of the players were disbanded, disbanded yes. and they rebuilt again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was my last players. last national campaign. Speaking about that, I mean, do you feel that was unjust that uh, that you were part of this disbandment, and and do you feel that you actually still deserve to get a call because you were still playing well in Indonesia? Uh, do you speak to the national selectors? Uh, do you speak to the coach? Uh, for during that time, that's why I wanted to come back because of the uh, league that mm-hmm. is not reckoned mm-hmm. with the two leagues. Okay, so if I Still playing there, they can't bring me back because I'm not rec- my league is not recognized in Indonesia. Mm-hmm. That's why Indonesia have that uh, national team ban for quite some time. Mm-hmm. So when you came back, uh, you made a move to Geelang, and uh, was your main like you just mentioned your main motive was to get a call up to the national team. Uh, were you close to getting a call up to the national team, and mm-hmm. any regrets there? Mm, I came back, yes, wanted to be called up again for national team, but uh, it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Even I think in Geelang, I think I, I perform even coming back from Indonesia, not really prepared. Mm-hmm. But I think I did quite decent mm-hmm. to be called up at least for, from Geelang and mm-hmm. also first year in Warriors. Yep. Yeah. But it didn't come through. Maybe it's God's will. So <laughs> I leave it to rest. Okay. And uh, of course, with uh, Warriors and in Geelang, like you said, you performed decently. And then after that, you had a chance to go back to Indonesia with Borneo. Mm. Uh, a very short stint but again why memories from, from that stint uh, okay during that period uh, I was last with Warriors and before I went to Borneo why I went was actually I my mind was is unprepared actually mm-hmm. I was trying my luck okay and even though knowing that most of the foreign players were already signed there and knowing one of the owners are close to me so he said, it's okay, just join for the one month is a tournament. Mm-hmm. If your luck is there, then maybe some club will take. So why not? I just I also miss the atmosphere in Indonesia. Yes. It's been a long time. So I just went went ahead, yeah, hoping for some luck. But knowing that my uh preparation wasn't enough to pull through that tournament. Mm-hmm. So uh it, that, there's no regrets in there. Mm-hmm. At least I, I, get, I, I still, yeah, it's good. Actually, I still get to feel the atmosphere back. Okay, and, and that miss. was 2018, and that proved to be your last club. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong again, but I believe that it was a quiet retirement. I think not much was said, and and you are a player who I would say was quite famous in Singapore football, and uh, you went away quietly, and, and right now you're doing other jobs, uh, coaching, and, and your and your full time job. Uh, do you think more can be done to recognize and and, and in a sense, be better towards retiring footballers because uh, not just you. I think we've had Jumat Jantan who retired uh, last year. Again, a quiet retirement. No one mm. no one even yeah. talks about it. Uh, and I can mention lots of players. I would say only Alexander Drewich was was uh, uh, given a testimonial, I remember. Yeah. But players like you, Jumat Jantan, have so, so much for the national team, for, for the clubs in Singapore. Do you think more can be done? Uh, I think it's true from, from, from what you have... Uh said what, what you have said even I was shocked when our top striker Indra Shadan and even Alam Shah who have helped a lot yes. in Singapore football and I think scored hundreds of goals mm-hmm. Indra with big matches against Manchester mm-hmm. even they lost but yeah I was surprised when for me I'm still fine mm-hmm. but I'm surprised players like them 
my seniors, they are top strikers. Yeah. Who else? Besides, of course, Jurik uh, came later, but they are from the young, from the young, young, young age, mm. and they grew up from NF, even NFA, go mm. through national team, and they really help out a lot after Fundy. Yes. So I think Singapore football should uh, reckon all these players uh, when mm. time time comes for retirement. What Not, was the idea behind your retirement? Because uh, at that time, I think uh, I remember reading a piece on the Straits Times. Uh, I think David wrote the piece about how you felt like uh, because of Lions 12 players coming in and then players were given one-year contracts. Uh, older players were not really respected anymore. Uh, contracts were given to younger players. Do you think that happened too quickly? Do you think older players suddenly just did not have respect in the game anymore? And was there any sourness about you from that part? For me, uh, sourness, no. But about res- respect, there's, there's nothing much about being got to do with respect. Mm-hmm. For me, it's, uh, when it comes to this, uh, for me, I think the way uh, they suddenly change the, the, sy- the, the whole system, mm-hmm. the regulation, uh-huh. the regulations for the league, I think it's uh, really make an impact for those players who still at that age but still can play. Do you feel like you, can still, you could have still played on? Yeah, definitely. Okay. <laughs> no need. Uh, no need to go far. I ask you how Saiful Esa, mm-hmm. one of the best left league yeah. and yes. really yeah. and contributed in national team and also Lions Chof. Yes. Yeah. Saiful Esa, where is he right now? Mm. And he's even younger than me. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> he still has potential. So this player, I think a lot of players really uh, talent, talent, talented players who still can play, but. Because of the regulation, they are forced to retire. Yeah, because and clubs also uh won't be too keen to give them the contracts because of the regulation. So it's not really the club's fault. You yes, say. correct. Okay. So for me, some say this process, this change of regulation process will take time, maybe five years mm-hmm. to really see these young players to develop and mm-hmm. grow. But what about those players that have been playing and ready proven yes. when they are still can uh, contribute to the league mm-hmm. yeah, and okay. the quality they still have. To, to be fair, um, one thing I have to mention is I think it is changing a bit. Uh, so one thing I have to note is I think Yazin Buhari, the General Secretary of FAS, sent you a, 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 mm-hmm. a letter on your birthday. Uh, did you feel recognized by that? Do you think at least some things are being done to at least change the way older players are recognized? Yeah, I... Uh, yeah, talking about that, actually that was from my old email account okay. which I came across. I was just randomly checking. Mm-hmm. So I saw that and I was surprised. Eh, actually, they still wish birthday <laughs> wishes but through my old account. And I also saw uh, uh, VIP's, VIP's uh, invitation for the past few national team matches which I didn't didn't even oh, know uh. about that. <laughs> so they didn't really update <laughs> my email. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, because the the ex, the ex admin wasn't there anymore, mm-hmm. to up, so the new one they took over. So they didn't really update. Okay, but but you would have feel like at least they they were doing something. Yeah, I even that that wish mm-hmm. makes a player, or I think any person, just a little bit of uh, every little thing makes makes mm-hmm. a difference. Okay, before we move on to the last uh, quick fire, just want to ask you about uh, Noel Shah. When he came on the the show, uh, he was a very nice guy. How's he like to you? And I, I know that you guys are still close. Uh, how's he like as a person? And what are your best memories of him? Uh, he's really like a brother. Mm-hmm. Like a mean brother, a family to me. Mm-hmm. Because uh, whenever on and off the pitch have problems or any uh, anything that any anything or anyone gonna harm me, he will always be there. <laughs> okay. yeah. And he always give uh, advice, good advice. Uh, it's a matter of, like now, he can give advice, but we are adults. matter of me uh, making that choice. Uh. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's really nice to hear. Before we end off, of course, we have the quick fire round. Uh, five questions that uh, I need an immediate answer to. So first question, who is the toughest opponent that you have faced in your footballing career? Middle East. Uh, a particular player? Maybe local-wise? Oh, local, particular mm. player. Yeah, someone that was very tough to go up against. A very good defender, perhaps. It's difficult uh, to, to think because every time I like, 
I get past them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what about the Middle East that, that you can't get past? <laughs> yeah, what about the Middle East? Why was it so well, tough? I don't remember the name, mm-hmm. but it's definitely their left back. Okay. Qatar and this Oman teams. <laughs> Yeah. So why is it so tough for Singaporean? Okay, not just Singaporean teams, but uh, Asian teams, Asian teams, yeah. Southeast Asian teams to play against these Middle Eastern teams. Uh, I think when we play over, mm-hmm. when we play away, it's tough because I think because of the humidity and mm. also uh, the weather, okay. the climate. The mm-hmm. climate makes it difficult because of us breeding. Mm-hmm. Our breeding will be different, okay. and that, that plays a part. In in Oman, we played. I think even before we playing, our eyes are really like. You know, like, uh, bray, bray, <laughs> very uh, watery, watery. watery. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like very heaty. Even before you start running, mm-hmm. so you just imagine you run and play your watery eyes mm-hmm. and yeah. the way you want to breathe dry air. And I assume the players are also much more physical. Yeah, and they are used used to climate and much more physical mm-hmm. and fast. Not only one, two players. Yeah, I think all eleven of them. Even if they're now fast, their legs are long. <laughs> Okay, second question. Your best teammate. Best teammate. Alam Shah. Alam Shah. I, I knew that was coming. Should have asked that. Uh, one current player destined for big things. Uh, which means a current young player that you see now who you think can go on to be a good player. Current young player hmm. going to be a good player. I've been watching much football lately. In Singapore. Ah. Hmm, in Singapore. Current young player. Uh... It doesn't necessarily have to be young, or maybe even a, a current national team player who who you really like. I don't. You really don't know their names. Okay, maybe from a certain club. Playing for Tampines, uh, I think. Small. Shah Shahiran. Shah Shahiran, is it center mid? Center mid, yeah. So I saw last game was from uh, Sea Games, is it? Ah yes, correct. Games, he was yeah. in Sea Games. Yeah. Okay, Shah Shahiran. Uh, your proudest moment in football. Proudest moment. Of course, winning for Suzuki Cup for the country. Okay, and uh, your final question is your wish for Singapore football. Uh, my wish for them is to see them grow. I know this is a growing process right now. Is a uh, develop developing slowly. It mm-hmm. takes time, mm-hmm. but I hope to see Singapore football grow and be just like 25, 25, 30 years back, during before even I play as league. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much, uh, Ridwan, for your time. We uh, really enjoyed the chat. Uh, was brilliant having you here. Thanks so much. Thank you for coming. Welcome. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. As the country opens up for phase two, do stay safe and enjoy responsibly. Till next week, this has been The Final Whistle.